Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 221. And in the prior podcast, I talked about how learning to be a, a learner, an absorber of information, a detector of information, instead of just an executor of certain principles, is a very key part to being a good dog manager and a good dog trainer. And I, you know, I hope that kind of sunk in because it's, it's, it's a kind of a intense thing to be able to do if you're into it. And it might be, you know, a lot of too much effort for a lot of people. And the dogs normally reflect exactly that. But what I want to talk to today is a little bit about the other side. And that's the dog side of this. So we're going to try to be, to learn as much as we can about our, our animals and a little bit of ourselves, of course, but to, to pay a lot of attention to them to let them tell us certain things. So how do we enable our our animals to do this? And you know, I'm talking to a lot of performance people. I know dogs with people with real fancy, high level performance dogs. But I'm also talking to every single other dog owner on the absolute planet. It really isn't that different. Now, those of us that train to the highest level so that these dogs do these amazing things, those of us that do that, we have to get our dogs into a, a really good state of mind. And a lot of times when we encounter problems in training, particularly advanced stuff or even, well, the basics, it's because we are not uh, communicating in a way that makes sense to them or whatever we're doing is is a negative thing or an unpleasant thing to them and they don't really understand and so then we you know get on the internet and tell somebody my dog is doing this what do i do and and then get your 273 answers but i think it's it's important no matter what we're doing whether you're going to the highest levels of whatever or you just own a dog that you enjoy and you know maybe you like listening to dog podcasts or something sometimes but there's a, an element that is necessary for success, period, across the board. Performance success, daily life success. And that is understanding some of the most fundamental elements of our dogs. Now, we all know, you know, supposedly they all kind of funnel back to, I guess, wolves and stuff. Domestication of, of um, prehistoric canines and so we they all came through on this one root and then it kind of spreads out like in a tree and you get all different branches so you get pomeranians and chihuahuas on one side and then you have mastiffs and newfoundlands and and great big dogs uh, elkhounds on the other side and, and everything in between so they are very different we've bred them for specific uh well in the beginning it was for uses that was a little better than now which is how cool they look is what people breed for. But we bred for specific behaviors because they were a part of the team and they helped. And then as our lives got a little bit easier and we needed more entertainment or just company, then we started to refine the breeding on these guys into things that were a certain size or a certain, you know, cuteness or a certain didn't shed or hypoallergenic and all the, the stuff that I hear now. And I know to a degree that's pretty important for the people. For the dogs, we often do a bit of a disservice because when you breed 
a, a performance breed do it. You know, people, spaniels, there's some great spaniels out there. I've seen them. They've also been ruined because they're so cute. So they have ears that are twice as long as their bodies. You couldn't take them out because they'd get stuck in a, in a briar bush and you'd never get them out. So people have taken dogs that were very purpose-filled and, and driven to do certain things and kind of diluted that out but made them just look cuter than the devil. Still, even, even when we've bred a lot of that out, every living canine and every living thing has to believe it's here for a reason. It, it has to feel some sort of purpose. And I think we all understand that with people, of course. Um, but dogs, you know, they're, they're here for us, right? They are here to, and I think they are here for us, but I don't think it's the way that people think. Um, I don't think it's just because they're so cute and they always, you know, I heard the unconditional love stuff. I don't know how many times I've heard that. I, I don't, and I don't agree with it. I, some dogs do. They just adore you even if you beat up on them and because that's how they are programmed. And other dogs are not always so big on you. <laughs> so I don't know about the always unconditional love. If you pay attention, they're going to tell you a lot of things. And that's what I was trying to talk about last week. But for us to understand these guys, for us to give them their fair share, for us to realize their potential, and even maybe more important, not really, but more immediately important is to eliminate a lot of the problems that we have with our dogs to how do we do that in a in a fair way where we understand it so dogs are born to have uh, a purpose now some are really born a lot of the people i'm talking to right now on this have dogs that you could break two of their legs shoot a bird out 200 yards away and they're going to go get it right because that's their thing and it supersedes almost everything a lot of us have known dogs like that you know those herding breeds good lord they can get kicked in the face go flying up in the air come right back and go back after those cattle so there are uh strongly purpose driven dogs my wiener dog is one she just wants to kill every bunny and every squirrel that she sees try to get a rat the other day like well there's rats out here too so again there's a dog that when i go out with a walk with her you know everybody oh look how cute she is and she doesn't give a hoot about them or anything else because behind them is a squirrel and so nobody even recognizes what she's doing <laughs> they just think oh look how cute she's so small because that's how people look at dogs if I was going to be watching, I'd go, look at that little sucker wants to go get stuff. <laughs> I finally got her where she's not running all the geese off the pond, but she would really like to. So all dogs have that aspect. The little cute ones um, and ones that are every other description. So probably one of the biggest, the biggest, the biggest problem that we have, all of us, and the, including those of us who have these purpose-filled dogs and we are giving them their purpose we need to understand that like us they need to have their thing right every dog the hunting dogs the herding dogs the guarding dogs the you know search and rescue dogs all the amazing things they do they have to have a purpose now if you have a dog and you have a purpose for it then you have all the elements that you need assuming it's 
talented enough to do what it is you're asking to really get um, a lot out of this dog, to really give them their purpose. I think that's the highest form of caring for another living thing almost that there is, is to allow them to feel like they're important, they're a part of something, and to put meaning into their life. It's like, oh, I get to go do my thing. So many of the problems that people have with their dogs, and probably other people too, but is the fact that the dog is just there. The dog is just, it's just there. And uh, now let's take it for a walk because it has to go outside. Or now let's put it in the backyard. Or now let's throw the ball 8,000 times and hope we wear it out. And so where, where in a life like that is there a real purpose for an animal? I saw something the other day, and you know, it won't, I'll finally settle down after this city exposure that I'm having, because I've never really lived in the city, and I've never lived in the city with a dog. So pardon my new stuff, but I'm learning a lot, which is probably part of what prompted this particular podcast. I was coming back just early morning, very early morning, because I'm still out there just like I always was when I had to get up and air and clean kennels and all that. I, I was coming back with my, I see a squirrel over there in the, this other place, let's get over there, dog. And a man was taking his dog out into this park area for a walk and it looked, it was one, I think it was one of those designer dogs, I'm not sure, because it had a little spaniel in it. Well, uh, not a small spaniel, but it looked spanielly. It had some curly hair, it was brown and white, but it also was something else. It wasn't exactly a spaniel. So I figured it was, uh, who knows, but it, it was just a little bit unidentifiable to me. It looked like it was about six months old, maybe. And he, you have to come down and go down this little hill and you can either just go down the hill in the grass or go down on the steps. And so I, I was coming at him, I was probably a hundred yards away, just watching. He's going, oh, there's a, that's a cute dog, and the dog is on a leash. So he starts going down this series of steps, not very many, 10 maybe, and the dog just sat down at the top of the steps. And he went down three or four more steps, and the dog just sat there at the top of the steps. Now I'm just going, how could this dog not want to get out in the park and do this stuff and be out in the, you know, outside? That, that was odd to me, but it just sat there. So then he gets, um, reaches into his pocket, of course. So he's been with the city trainers and he's, he, uh, I don't really mean that derogatorily, but maybe in some aspects and in, in others not, because they serve a major purpose. But he, he gets a treat out, a little bacon bit thing, right? And tries to lure it down the steps. And has a leash on this dog. And I'm just watching this and of course, you know, I'm, I'm just like lady out in the park. I don't ever say or do anything, but I'm watching it and he gets a treat and the dog won't, just sits there. Not doesn't want the food. And then the man just stands there. And he's, I don't know if he's embarrassed because he sees somebody walking over there and, you know, and the dog just sits there. And I come up with LC close, probably 20 feet or something. Dog just sits there. Doesn't he want to go look at the little weaselly looking thing over there like most of them do? He just sits there. And I went, turned and walked into the where I live and couldn't see him anymore. And he was still sitting there waiting for the dog to decide to get up and come with him. 
I, I, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And it's like, here's a dog that's going, I don't want to go down the steps. <laughs> okay, if you listen to any of my podcasts or ever see me, it's like, dude, you're going down the steps. Here we go. That's, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's not an option. It's not like this is your fiance and you're going to rip her down the steps when she doesn't want to go. That's not a good idea because you guys are equals. But when this is a dog and you're taking them out for some exercise and some fresh air and all that kind of stuff, and you want to get into the park, the dog should go into the park. So I watched this dog training this person, and I'm not sure if something happened earlier. I have no idea what was going on. But to see a, a young pup like that not want to be going down and running around out in the grass and stuff, I have no idea. But this man was completely completely controlled by this dog and apparently had learned if you're trying to get a dog to do something give them a treat then when they do it then they'll learn to do it for you and other uh things like that and i just i felt very sorry well mostly for the dog but also for this guy who did not feel that he had any right to require that this dog do something so Whatever this dog's thing is in the world, we'll probably never know because it's so built into this um, resistance and I don't want to do And I just, again, it's morning, obviously been indoors all night, let's go outside and the dog is just sitting there. How have they uh, flattened this dog so much that they wouldn't, in other words, Okay, here's this for, especially this had sporting dog in it. I could tell that. Here we are. It's a fresh morning, right? That should be highly compelling to most dogs. Maybe not a chihuahua with no hair, but highly compelling. Fresh morning. There's nobody. There's water. There's wild birds, sort of. And there's grass and there's space. And that dog wasn't going, oh, good. Let's go. You know, let's run with me or do something. Nothing. He just sat there. There was absolutely no spark of life in this dog at all. In a place which should have been something he got excited about since he was could see. And it was, you know, so now this guy, I'm sure he'll go back to this, his trainer and say, what do I do when he doesn't want to go down the steps? Now, this is a big dog. It's not like a step fear. He just didn't want to do anything this guy wanted him to do. And the guy wasn't going to show him, well, you're going to do it anyway. That's kind of how this works. You're the dog and I'm the people. So one, there was absolutely no discipline or understanding of the hierarchy, which there does need to be. And then there was no joy in the dog. And so this isn't, somebody's going to make a lot of money on behavioral training because the dynamic was not being very well understood. Right? This dog needs to be excited about something. He needs to believe that this is his thing. If all this dog is ever going to be able to do is go for big walks or hikes, then make that its thing. If that's all you have to give this animal, then let's make it its thing. Let's make it, man, we're, we're going to go outside. And then when you go outside, it's a joyful thing. It's not you got your handful of treats. The, the food doesn't fit in there at all. Do not make food their purpose. Do not make food their reward. Just like if you had kids, don't do that. Make what they're doing. You develop a passion for stuff. If dogs don't get to do what their primal urges are, which is, you know, hunting or protecting or herding or whatever it is, then give them something that is a part of what they are. And that is animals that move over the, 
the the ground animals that sniff you know they're supposed to on their own they'd have to hunt up their own stuff so they should be out there using their eyes and their nose and seeing what's out there not looking for every other dog to play with that's another big thing i encounter i think i've mentioned that you know people think oh let's get the dogs and all they're trying to do is put some meaning into their life well this will be happy they can play around with this dog and so that's why people do it there's no good reason for it because you could spread germs. Somebody could accidentally bite somebody. Somebody could be mad. Lots of stuff can happen when you have two dogs together, um, especially if they're fairly unknown or just kind of wild and undisciplined. You know, I don't, I don't let anyone do that with my dog. I'm the, the mean lady in the park. But that they, they do that, I believe. So it's like, well, look, there's a dog. He can have fun with this. Whereas, like, uh, my little wiener dog, right? And if I had one of my labs, if G was with me right now, she'd be out there going, look at all the geese. Can Let's go swimming. She wouldn't care that there was another dog out there at all. But if there was, she would see so much potential out there. <laughs> so much potential. I'd have to keep her out of the water. And no, we're not going to go, we're not going to go over there and point a duck in the water or something like that. So it's, people are, they got their dogs like they're little children. Again, children need to get together and play. Absolutely. We have to learn to be very social. We have to learn to, to get along and work cooperatively as teams for our entire lives. That's a very important skill, particularly if you're good at it. But dogs need to have, to in order to socialize a dog, and I've always said this, and this probably flies in so many people's, you know ideas is I uh, my dogs must be social they can't bite they can't growl they can't fight they can't run over to another dog they can't even do that they they are doing our thing and then when we do encounter other dogs like of course in all competitions or going to someone's house then they have to behave they, they have to behave if they go out in the yard together and run around I'm all right with that that's fine but they're not, this isn't there to entertain them and let them get carried away in some kind of canine stuff that could get out of hand. I, you know, and I don't want anybody's dog around me that does that. You know, here's my dog. He, he's with me. There's your dog. They're with you. There we go. It's not like we're at a toddler play date, which is what a lot of people do, including with our big performance dogs. I think that's really against what we want for performance dogs because there's nowhere in their performance that they're out playing around having a party. If you're hunting with a bunch of other people and you're in an upland field, you know what your dog needs to hunt his area with whomever he's supposed to be doing this. And he's not supposed to be overpaying any attention to what anybody else's dog is doing. Really. And if you're sitting in a duck blind or a goose blind, you know, your dog can't be over there wrestling around or trying to get some other dog's bird or stealing stuff. They need to do what they're there to do. Go get the birds you want them to go get. Bring them back. Period. So it's not very complicated. And it's not into food is not the answer to this. It is just about understanding that these guys do need a purpose. They got to have a thing that is their thing. And even our pets, even dogs that don't, aren't going to be doing any of that stuff. You get a big German Shepherd, all right? Now, they'll guard your place, whatever it is, because they just, most of them do that. But they still got to have a thing. It can't be just sitting at the door, not letting the mailman in. So, again, big, powerful dogs with a purpose. You take a German Shepherd running, you know, if they're 
healthy and strong and everything, you take them running, they'll run next to you in, all, in seriousness. And there's nobody's probably going to bother you. So there's so many things you can give our dogs that do fit in their purview that, that are so helpful to them. All of my labs have always run with me. Always. And, you know, they can run. I've had them run as far as 13 or 14 miles with me. And they can do that easily. And they take and these are hunting dogs, so that's their thing in competitive dogs. But when they go on a run, because it's such a cool thing, because it's so much of what they are, you run, you're at my side all the whole time. We run together. You know, my dogs even knew you don't pee. You can't stop and pee. So we pee before you run, and then, you know, later if we take a break or stop at some water, you can do it again then. It's really that simple. And when you simplify these guys' lives and give them a thing that is theirs and don't overdo it, more is never better. More is never better. If their thing is going to the out to the open space behind your place and doing some retrieves, then do that. But not for an hour because you want it to be something they're intensely focused on that they're really passionate about and that they love and then when they're done now go do a walk and that's another part of their thing and then when you bring them home they're fine and if you have one of those really intelligent dogs you know that it's like having an intelligent kid very much a double-edged sword um having one like that because they're always a little step ahead of you they get bored real easy because this is boring what's challenged me somehow so when you have the real smart ones you have to not only do you have to have the physical stuff and the purpose the thing they love but you got to give them what I've always called <clears throat> excuse me the their algebra problems so depending on what you do with them that could be real challenging obedience that could be some kind of game that could be more the agility stuff there's so many things you can do where they have to think and respond and remain focused Think and respond and remain focused. That's the biggest energy drain on a dog. But if you never know that and you never give them that, then you never have that tool where they have to think, focus, and respond. You know, that little dog sitting at the top of the steps going, I don't want to. You know, I would have, I'm going to rule out I don't want to. <laughs> that's, that's not an option. I, you know, I take care of you every single day. I don't decide if I want to or not. I do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then you're supposed to do our thing together and you're supposed to come down the steps with me together. And then you proceed through all of life that way with them. So then that becomes, you know, one, they learn they don't get to, they're not in the equal to you because they're not. And then they learn that, man, this is so much fun out here. And this is the highlight of the day. And we don't overdo it. But it's there's a lot of clarity for, for the dogs. That dog that was deciding it didn't want to go down the steps. I don't know what, what was behind all that. But it still doesn't have an option. you got to go air. You're not going to pee in the house. So let's go. That dog, I, you can just see the problems just building and building and building. And now we're going to bribe them with food to try to avoid the problem which is this dog has no respect for you and it, it needs to get some respect for you and you need to get some respect for this dog for what it really is it's not this cute cool haired toy that you got that has to go out and pee every now and then it's a living thing that really wants a purpose so and then in our advanced stuff I'll end this we're going on long on this in our advanced stuff dogs that do 
really trick things. It's the same way when you when your dog is all trained and so you kind of go out and you go through the motions with stuff and pretty soon there's not really a challenge and you're just doing what you're supposed to and you haven't realized that they still need to find great passion in this and joy and challenge then with a lot of times we begin to have problems because there's no challenge there's no they start to lose their passion because it's just like kind of like just kissing your sister you know it's just there's no thrill in this thing and that's a big part of it for those of us with our performance dogs so try to think about you know whether it's your pet dog or whether it's your performance dog make sure they have their thing uh, make sure that it's well understood make sure there's a lot of clarity around it and also most people that I know that are listening to this they know we're not equals to dogs you know we're we are the supporter of them and the caretaker of them and the teacher of them and all those things and in return they got to do their part too and they got to make life kind of enjoyable and if you let them know that then you get that so again someday i'll get out of this shock over the city stuff <laughs> i will i promise but it's off season and so i can kind of spread out a little bit on all this i hope everybody had a great thanksgiving for those that are listening to this real time christmas coming around it's going to be a lot of fun stay safe uh stay warm and i will be back soon <laughs>